is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, Kodo listeners. This is Matt Hoish from the Kodo News Team. Welcome to another installment of Off the Record on this glorious evening of November the 9th, 2021. Hope you are enjoying the evening wherever it is that you are listening from. As um, the month becomes November, the holiday season, I feel like, is finally in full swing. It's not like Halloween, thinking about the holidays, which always feels weird. Now it's, it's past Halloween. We're in the Thanksgiving holiday mode. Um, and for me, that always... You know, time for food, time for family, um, but also a time to start thinking about giving back. For for whatever reason, during these this time of year, it's darker, the year's almost done. I feel like people always start to feel a little bit more charitable, by and large. Maybe not everyone, but a good number of people. And so tonight we are doing a show that maybe gives you an outlet for some of that, that benevolent energy. We're going to have an hour all about volunteering um, and opportunity, opportunities around our community to volunteer, to give your time, to, to just let out some of that that energy um, and maybe to connect to our community in a different way that you haven't done so before. I feel like a lot of people around here, we have jobs, we have fun activities we do, um, but I don't know how many of us, you know, volunteer in that way. And that can always be a lovely way to connect with your community. So this hour, we're gonna be focusing on different ways um, to do that. And throughout the hour, it's off the record. So if you like, give us a call. Give us, if you have a question about volunteering or if you have an experience you had volunteering in our community or some other community that you just want to share over the airwaves, give us a call and share it. 970-728-4333. Again, that's 970-728-4333. Later in the hour, we are going to be hearing from one-to-one mentoring. We're also going to be hearing from Angel Baskets, one of our local food pantry But we're kicking off the hour with the Telluride Education Foundation giving us some info about opportunities to to volunteer with the education of the young people in our community. And joining us in studio, we have two TEF board members, Tiffany Osborne and Jenna Nyans. Both of you, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, For starters, we got to start off with the big picture question. What is TEF? <laughs> okay. Telluride Education Foundation is a nonprofit, all volunteer organization that raises money to invest in the enrichment of K through 12 education in the Telluride School District. So it's it's not it's not the school board. I think that's an important distinction. Correct. Correct. It is not the school board. Um, and we have nothing to do with any policy. Mm-mm. You just raise money. We just raise money mm-hmm. for the students and the teachers and the admin the paras we we whatever money we raise we give right back to the school and does anyone involved with schools know money is an important thing it is yes, it is um for both of you how did you get involved with the Terry education foundation <laughs> um you know i um when my son was in kindergarten here there was a meeting and they said we need volunteers to help with fall festival and i had no idea what that meant and I really didn't know anyone. So I dropped him off at his class and um, went and sat in and they said, oh, can you do this? And I went, I have no idea. And there we are. <laughs> that was how <laughs> we ended up. And I, I, I have been doing cotton candy at the fall festival in some form for 14 years now. Mm-hmm. Somehow that has been my job as cotton candy person. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm a very popular person. I'm super popular. I can do cotton candy really well. I'm sure you you can do other things too, Tiffany. No, that's my my life's, it's it's my banner. Your calling. It's my calling. Um, Jenna, how did you get involved with TEF? Well, my kids are now in seventh and ninth grades respectively, but um, since they started as kindergartners here in the Telluride School District, I have always volunteered in the classrooms and I really enjoyed meeting, getting to know all the other kids and getting to know the teachers and administrators and just seeing what was actually happening in the schools with the kids and what they were up to because they don't really give you a whole lot of information. Mm -hmm. 
And as I became older, those opportunities became less for me to volunteer in the classroom. And another previous board member asked me to come and sit in because I was talking about how I was, you know, sort of missing that aspect of being a part of my kids' education and knowing. So I sat in on the first meeting and they inducted me soon after. (laughs) Secret initiation. It's it's a great way to get informed and meet people that you wouldn't otherwise get to meet throughout the schools, whether it's your teachers or the administration. It's, it's, it's a way to become part of your community. It really is. Well, yeah, and we're going to get into specific opportunities that are coming up for anyone interested. But just big picture, I mean, why? What's what's your sales pitch for why folks, you know, should maybe volunteer with TEF? Why 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 pick this organization to be involved in? I think that you know education is so important, and our kids' education obviously is so important. If you're the parent, you know, and, and in our community in general, and we need to keep our administration happy and our teachers happy and here and available and without this extra work that we're doing and the money that we raise i think that would be a lot harder to do that and that in turn affects our kids education you know immediately so it's been so magical to see my kids i've had kids from mountain sprouts all the way to a high school graduate last year and i have a junior and seeing being able to give not just my own kids but other kids educational opportunities that might not other otherwise exist mm. and having stuff outside the classroom we have an amazing town and there are so many things but there's not always money mm. to make those experiences happen so creating educational experience experiences outside the classroom inside the classroom, being able to bring people in being able to get the kids out and what it does for them it's huge that's and that's why we do what we do we we're creating and allowing all these kids to have an experience they wouldn't otherwise be able to have mm. well what are some upcoming opportunities if folks hear this and are sparked that that people can can get involved with tef well let's see it looks like th- there's many ways to do this <laughs> we actually have two open um board spots if Mm -hmm. anybody would love to come and be on our board we actually have two spots available and we would love to come and have you join and help us out and we need a treasurer oh we do need a treasurer Mm -hmm. anybody out there with treasuring experience Mm -hmm. and we can help train what does being on the board entail because that that sounds big (laughs) (laughs) um and it can be at times we do we do fundraisers and we do require that you're there for the fundraisers they are fun fundraisers like the christmas tree sales mm-hmm. i think i've sold christmas trees to almost every family in town throughout the years at some <laughs> point or another um and people have seen me drag my own christmas tree from the school lot all the way down pacific and mahoney <laughs> as i take it home um the film and speaker series which is amazing. Uh, Tony Nash, our president, and has been for what, four years now? I think three or four years, and she has created this film speaker series and has just gotten us some of the most fabulous um, information that's helped a lot of parents. That's coming up. Our father-daughter dance is coming up, which is nothing better. We are so excited, fingers crossed, that we are able to do it this year. And seeing the dads and the daughters come in and have a moment is the, one of the best things you'll ever see. Really special. Um, we're going to be doing in May, um, our final event is tacos and tequila. It's going to be a new event for us, and we're going to see how that goes. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. It sounds self-explanatory. And then one of our major things that we do for the teachers in May, for the, every teacher in the school district, is we do Teacher Appreciation Week. Mm-hmm. And we try to give them some love and treat them with lunches, with food, with treats, whatever we can do, because they give so much to our kids. Mm -hmm. They give so much to our kids, and we want to be thankful for them. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate them Mm -hmm. in May a lot. Mm -hmm. So we need a lot of help with all of these events, with setup and teardown and, you know, manning the events at each, you know, at each event. And we'll have merchandise sales that we'll need help with, and... Um, yeah. At each event, being oh, wow. on the board, we meet once a month. We talk about strategies. We talk about 
um, we get grant requests from the teachers for experiential education. We go over those. We make sure we have the funds. We get them whatever they need. We talk to teachers. We're like, we ask them like, hey, what can we do for you? Mm-hmm. What do your students need? What do you need? What can mm-hmm. we, how can we make this happen? And it's been a little tricky through this COVID time. I mean, yeah. doing experiential education hasn't been, it's been, they haven't been able to do it. What they do need, they've needed masks, they've needed PPEs, they've needed hand sanitizer. They've needed mm-hmm. stuff that that we would never have thought of otherwise. But if we can do this, and if it makes everything more comfortable, then that's where we're gonna spend our money. Mm-hmm. If we need, if somebody needs books, a book club at the school needs books, okay, we'll get you books. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, whatever it is we can make happen, um, we wanna make it happen, whatever, interesting art projects that I mean high school last year we did um Miss Pignoli she did a, a, an amazing art project with students and she needed funds to do it she's like I have this idea I've never done it before and we got to watch the present it was fantastic mm. so just having that ability for them to have us as an outlet mm-hmm. is fantastic we are pinhead comes in and does um frog dissecting and it's expensive actually mm-hmm. to dissect a frog who knew mm-hmm. and we're able to help with stuff like that so mm-hmm. whatever we can do that's our goal and mental health support is a big <sighs> one too since last year because of covid we weren't able to have any of our in-person events that are typical fundraising events so we created something called the telluride compassion campaign which you may have seen advertised around town and a lot of that just had to do with Um, raising awareness and promoting compassion and kindness and gratitude. Um, And we just had, you know, just a big fundraising, year-long fundraising event, just, you know, without having our normal events. And we successfully raised almost $90,000 for the school district. And, yeah, in addition to what Tiffany's talking about, experiential education and the teacher retention and PPE, there's a lot of mental health support we did, too, and we... Um, we're able to work with Palm Dance and the um, gymnastics, Telluride Gymnastics out at Lawson Hill and offered dance classes free of charge to kids mm. and ninja gymnastics classes and things like that to keep the student morale up. And we had teacher gifts and meals every month. There was something for the teachers throughout the whole school year mm-hmm. to try to keep that morale up as well. Um, so that, that was a kind of a big year for us as board members to really buckle down and... and Especially when we weren't doing anything. Like, it was, yeah. it was a weird thing. Like, mm. I mean, K through 6 were in it was person. Very fluid. Yeah, and, and so just trying to get everything around and, and do what we could when we didn't... Mm-hmm. We still don't know what we're doing all the time. I mean, just... <laughs> well, do, do any of us. <laughs> right. um, you, you mentioned, you know... Uh, treasurer skills. Are yes. there any other particular skills you all are looking for? If there's someone listening who's like, I don't know if I want to be on the board, but I know how to make really good mac and cheese. I don't know. Are there specific yeah, skills you know what? that you're looking for? It, stuff like that, just emailing us off our website, the TellurideEducationFoundation.org. Um, it's TellurideEducation.org. It's oh, the Telluride. website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, or contact us on Instagram or Facebook, mm-hmm. then we can get you to the right person. Like when we are mm-hmm. doing something, there's always room for mac and cheese. Let me tell you, our teachers <laughs> can eat some mac and cheese. Sometimes it's just delivering yes. food, you know, Sometimes or coming up with a great idea or using your contacts and networking or, you know. We have done, I mean, finding housing for a teacher. Mm-hmm. We have We have done... You know, you network and you try to find whatever you can do. Yeah. Um, do you do you have to have a student in the district to be involved mm, with TEF? No. No. All right. That's also mm-hmm. good to know. No. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And also, I mean, just for each of you, since you've both been involved with this organization for a while, volunteering your time, I mean, does, do each of you just have an experience that has stuck out with you and your time volunteering with, with TEF as a, a particularly memorable volunteer-inspired experience? Mm. <laughs> There's been... I um, I would never admit this. I don't know. I think selling Christmas trees has been like you you miss a day of skiing, you you miss out on whatever. But 
I think I also work at the library. For those of you that don't know, I'm always at the library. If I'm not at TEF, the schools, I'm at the library. And um, I had one girl, she's probably older now, and she, she was like, oh my gosh, you sell Christmas trees, and was so excited when she saw me at the library that I am the person that sell, have, and I'm like, oh, yes, I sell you a Christmas tree. It's like you're Santa. Yeah, I, like I am somebody so important yeah. that I, sell, I, I give them their Christmas tree. So, yes, that's been so much fun. Um, I will say it was very rewarding for me um, doing those dance classes last year with the oh. Palm. It made those classes accessible to quite a few children who wouldn't have been able to dance in the past and they loved it and yep. they were so thrilled to be able to come and I got a lot of great feedback from parents, you know, thanking us for giving those kids that opportunity and so that was super rewarding for sure. Mm. And let's be, I want to remind everybody, the Christmas trees we know are expensive but we also give the teachers a 50% discount so we make them accessible to like everybody that we can and if you don't have a Christmas tree we always have people donating for families that might need one so it's just such an amazing experience to be cold and it's snowing and it's a blizzard and you're selling Christmas trees but it's all for the such a good cause yes. <laughs> it is. Um, and what's you know what's the time commitment I mean if someone hears this and they want to get involved with TEF I mean how much time should they be expecting to, to have to, to, to donate once a month it's maybe two hours at a board meeting and if we're doing an event um, which is typically only one a month and we're, like this year we're only doing four events total yeah, so ideally we would like to have each board member chair a specific event however i think there are like you said there are fewer the, there's events fewer we so we're all members. coming together we decided to make less events so we can all be there together mm -hmm. knowing that sometimes stuff happens we all have lives and things mm -hmm. um things crazy so once a month it's a couple of hours and then when we have an event it's probably three to four hours mm -hmm. awesome mm -hmm. um well kind of as we're wrapping up this segment of our show first off can you just reiterate the ways that people can get in touch with you or learn more about TEF if they hear this and say, I want to get involved with the Telluride Education Foundation? Mm -hmm. So it's, the website is TellurideEducation.org. Mm -hmm. And we are also on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And you can get us by any of those means. You can contact mm -hmm. us via the website or on social media. And you can sign up for a newsletter at TellurideEducation.org backslash newsletter. And you can also email our vice president lisa fischetti if you're interested in volunteering at lisa.villa v-i-l-a at yahoo.com um and i think that's and it. come to our board meetings we are having yeah, a board please. meeting this thursday at the school the middle high school in the um what is that room called just go to the front desk and ask for us and we are there um 8 30 8 30 in the morning so mm -hmm. if anybody's interested, just come to our board meeting. In-person meetings are in -person, a novelty With a mask. In-person with a mask. The Bridal Veil Room? The Bridal Veil yes. Room at the Middle High School. And we are there. And it's we're, we're grateful, actually, just to be able to see each other, too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, everybody so else, we did Zoom meetings last, last year. And <laughs> yes, it's hard. We are. <laughs> and you could come to our board meeting and not don't feel obligated if you don't want to be a part of the board but to check it out we would welcome that absolutely um well before we wrap up is there anything else you both would want to say to the, the listeners about um opportunities to get involved with the tired education foundation <coughs> excuse me um there the opportunities and the reason i mean we do everything is very transparent everything we do we give right back to the school we give right back to the teachers to the admin. John Pandolfo is fantastic. He's at our meetings and he tells us what, like, what they need, what they don't need. Like, no, we got this or yes, we need help with this. Mm -hmm. So there's always transparency and there's always a way to help. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do get involved, you meet some awesome people, mm -hmm. you meet some awesome students and fun events. And we're always looking for new ways to do more events. I mean, mm -hmm. and also if there are students who need volunteer hours, like mm -hmm. for the National Junior or National Honor Society or the Philanthropy Club. Um, we welcome those students to volunteer with us too. Selling Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and merchandise. And merchandise. 
Yes. I will say if someone ends up volunteering to make macaroni, I'm going to take like 10% credit for that. If that, yeah, if that, that happens. Right. Exactly. <laughs> please bring Matt a little bowl of mac and cheese. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany Osborne and Jenna Nyans are both members, board members of the Telluride Education Foundation. Uh, both of you, thanks so much for just talking about some opportunities to get involved with our, our school district in a way that maybe folks don't know about. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you, Matt. Listeners, stay tuned. We are going to be joined in just a bit by Camille Price from Angel Baskets, our local food pantry, to chat about some more volunteer opportunities. We'll be back in just a bit. This is KO, T.O. Telluride. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help, when, when I was younger, when so I much younger young. than today. Anybody's help in any way now, But now these days are gone days I'm not gone. so self-assured Now I find I change my mind I'll open up the doors Help me if you can I'm feeling down And I do appreciate you being around Help me get my feet back on the ground Won't you please By the Beatles, which, I mean, you know, you can't do a show about volunteering and then not play the song Help as one of your interlude songs. Um, if you have a song about volunteering, about helping that you want us to play during our next break, give us a call, 970-728-4333. For those just joining, I'm Matt Hoyt from the Kodo News Team. You're listening to Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. Tonight, as we approach our, our holiday season, a season of food and family, but also of, of giving, we are taking this hour as an opportunity to highlight some opportunities in our community uh, to volunteer, to give your time, to to become a part of something larger than yourself, perhaps. Um, something lovely to do. And um, we're just really grateful for other organizations joining us and, and talking to us about some of the opportunities they are having. If you have a question for one of our guests or if you just had an experience that you want to share, something you did that was, was volunteering and, and that made you feel good. Give us a call. 970-728-4333. Again, 970-728-4333. Joining us now, our second uh, segment of the hour we have with us in studio, Camille Price, co-director of Angel Baskets. Camille, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Um, For starters, give us an overview. What is Angel Baskets? Angel Angel Baskets is a all-volunteer community organization that supports people in our community with food, clothing, toys, and other necessities, people in our community who are struggling financially. Mm. Angel Baskets is celebrating its 40th year this year. Congrats. Thank you. It's a long time and we've served a lot of people. Started with Davine Para with San Miguel Social Services and Uh, 1981 Mm. with helping a few families with some food for the holidays and from there a number of people have taken 
um, leadership positions to help provide food and gifts at the holiday season. And then as the community supported the Angel Baskets more and more, we were able to expand our scope of services to include the support of two food banks or food pantries. We go back and forth. They're the same thing. One in Telluride and one in Norwood. We now have a school supply program where we provide basic school supplies and classroom learning tools to the three schools in Telluride, the three public schools, Telluride Elementary, Intermediate High School, Norwood School, Natarita School, Nucleus School, and Paradox. So we serve seven schools and children there. And and, um, once we get the basic school supplies purchased, we then offer uh, the remainder of the allocated budget to the teachers to get things they might need to help facilitate learning in the classroom, like a balance beam in the science class or some computer tablets or monitors or whatever um, the teachers really need and, and the budget is able to support. The other thing we have is what we're now calling farm aid, pharmacy aid, mm-hmm. and we provide uh, assistance to people who are in need in the West End at the Uncompagre Medical Center in Norwood, the apothecary, what used to be the apothecary shop in Nucla, but has since moved to Montrose, but they're still serving some of their clients via mail and Sunshine Pharmacy in Telluride. How did you get involved with Angel Baskets? Oh, I I came to town in 1993 to oversee the Idorado mine cleanup, and I don't know how I was alerted to it, but I saw that they were needing help wrapping presents. And so I just wanted to do something with my spare time and get to meet some people in town, and that's how I got started with Angel Baskets, wrapping gifts, <laughs> like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, before we jump away from it, when you came here to oversee Idorada, did you anticipate you would stay here for many decades to come? Well, I hope I would hope so. Um, mm. Originally, I was supposed to be here for six months of the year, go back to Denver for six months of the year, but I just packed everything up and moved here. <laughs> I wasn't planning on going back for the other half a year, and so it worked out. <laughs> Imagine that's something none of our listeners can relate to. That <laughs> never happens to anyone in Telluride. Um, but why have you stayed involved with Angel Baskets for, for so long, starting way back in the 90s? You know, it, it's an annual celebration. It's an annual um, tradition of our community and also a personal tradition of mine to uh, just just feel, have something good to feel about giving back. I feel like I've been really blessed in my life with so many, so many good things. And it, it's uh, just a way to give back in thanks for all the all the gifts I've received in my life. Mm. I also grew up in um, in a family that needed help at the time, and so I, I know what it's like, and I just wanted to kind of pay it forward. Yeah. And maybe at the risk of, of I don't know, asking, well, I guess I will just ask a blunt question. I mean, what do you get out of, of volunteering, and, and why, why, do you, why do you do it? I feel like, you know, it, it's not always the obvious thing for people to decide to do because it's a commitment and it takes time and well you're you're not getting paid for it by definition i i think for me it's just a manifestation of wanting more peace in the world and that old adage of throwing a pebble in the pond and, and watching the waves ripple if i could help someone and make their life a little easier, put a smile on someone's face, not me, but you know, a group of us being part of a team, our whole community is supporting people in our community. So it's, you know, all for one, uh, helping each other out. Just, just what can I do to put a smile on someone's face that in turn that smile might spread to someone else and just spread, spread the love and peace rather than the alternative. The opposite. Yeah. Um, well, what are some opportunities for folks listening to, to get involved with Angel Baskets over the coming weeks and months? Yeah. Well, on a regular basis, we have the food pantries that that need help. They're open on Thursdays, and sometimes they need help the day before preparing the food, putting food away, getting um, families' bags and boxes ready. So in Telluride, um, you can check out the food bank information on telluridangelbaskets.org, our website. There's information there. There's phone numbers that you can reach out and do volunteer work. Same thing in Norwood. We have a lot of volunteers in Telluride, and we need more volunteers in Norwood. 
So if people are listening and they can make the trip out or they live out uh, closer to Norwood, uh, Michelle Blunt at the Norwood Food Bank can use people's help. So that's that's on a year-round basis. What right? is what does that that food bank volunteering entail? It depends. Um, sometimes we have received shipments of food which are, are required to be put away on the shelves. Um, there's always you know emptying out and cleaning up after emptying out refrigerators, cleaning refrigerators, putting food in boxes and bags for people to come pick up and take home. Um, so that's that's the the majority of the work there. So. You can work behind the scenes if you didn't want to have interaction with the people who come visit the food bank, or you can, you know, meet the people and greet the people and and give them some food for them, their pets, their children. Mm. Yeah. So I cut you off when you were talking about other opportunities beyond working at the food bank. Oh well, we're we're now focusing on the holiday program, which is what most people know Angel Baskets to be about, and we're going to open up what we call our holiday headquarters in the space just east of the Second Chance Humane Society's thrift shop on Colorado Avenue in Telluride. And we'll open on the 2nd of December, and then we deliver the gifts on the 18th of December. So what people can do to help there is they can come in and basically adopt a person. We, the community buys gifts that are requested by the eligible applicants. Um, people apply to the program who receive some kind of social services like food stamps or supplemental security um, funds, Medicaid for kids or seniors. So those are those are the categories that people are, are eligible to receive angel baskets. And each family who submits an application, the children and seniors recommend a specific gift. So I opened up a stack full of applications today. There were quite a few kids who needed snow boots. Some kids need jackets. A lady needs a comforter for her bed. So some of the basic needs um, that people have is what they're asking for. In addition to that, Angel Baskets, with the funds we receive through our donors and grantors, uh, we buy pajamas and toys for the kids, and we get like a blanket, a little fleece throw, and uh, little goodies for the seniors. And then the, the middle-aged people, in our category, you're middle-aged between 19 and 59, so... I didn't realize I was middle-aged. <laughs> well, I, I'm in the next category <laughs> above that, so creeps up on you. But, um, yeah, and then those folks we, we buy gift cards for. So everybody gets something, but we work, work to focus on the kids, making sure they get gifts, and the seniors making sure they're, they're kept warm. So people can come in and adopt a person to buy a gift for. They can come in and wrap presents. Uh, they can um, come and deliver gifts on the day that we deliver to the families on the 18th, which is a Saturday. And they can also donate money for us to go purchase those things that the community doesn't adopt, that we, we supplement, mm. Angel Baskets supplements. And if, if someone wants to get involved with that, I mean, what is the, the time commitment, I guess, that you could expect if you decided to do that? You know, people come in sometimes for an hour. We have um, a core group of volunteers. Like I said, it's a tradition. People come back every year and we, we develop some close friendships, you know, over this program. And people come in for a half a day. Um, so kids come in after school. Moms will come in with some kids during the day, little kids, medium kids. Sometimes we had people coming who are visiting from out of town who wanted to come in and help. It was mm. like, yeah, sure, come on in. So, um, we're basically open Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 5.30. Saturdays, December 4th and 11th, will be open from 10 to 2, just so people who are working in the week can't get there. They can come in and deliver their gifts or pick up a gift request. Yeah, so that's that's the ways people can help. Yeah. Are there, um, and beyond the food pantry and the, the holiday baskets, are there any other ways throughout the year to get involved? Or are those pretty much the core ways? Those are pretty much the core ways. Um, every once in a while we have uh, an opportunity that presents itself, like uh, right now we were contacted by a landowner up on one of the mesas who has some wood they want to have removed from their property. So we have a group of volunteers going up this Saturday. They're going to go collect the wood. They're going to bring it and deposit it at the food bank in Norwood for anyone who needs it. So. Um, so sometimes we have a call for volunteers like that. Sometimes we have some little fundraising booths that we'll maybe collect some funds or uh, just 
sent out the information to people who might not otherwise know about the food, the um, not the food, but the school supply program. So there's, there's an occasional this and that, but mostly it's the food bank and uh, the holiday program. Mm. And it sounds like if, you know, we're all busy here, so for whatever reason someone isn't able to, to donate time, donations of food or money or items are also needed? Yeah, you know, the food, we used to deliver food at the holidays, but as the program grew and grew and spaces at a premium in Telluride, we, we shifted to food cards that we give to the families at the holidays. So um, probably the most efficient way for people to donate is is through money or PayPal or cash or check or whatever. Um, and so that the food banks can purchase the food that they normally do on a regular basis. Um, they've been working to get involved more with some local farms and getting some fresh produce and uh, good quality food in the food banks for people. So um, that's probably the, the most efficient way to get food to the food banks and to um, our recipients of the holiday program. Mm. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, it's Off the Record. I'm Matt Hoyce from the Kodo News team. Tonight we are chatting about volunteering, ways to, to give back to this community that we all call home. Earlier we had some board members from the Telluride Education Foundation. Currently we have with us Camille Price, co-director of Angel Baskets, chatting about different ways that folks can get involved with the work that they do. Um, if you have a question for Camille, give us a call, 970-728-4333. You can also call if you um, if you have a story of a volunteer experience you had in our community or in a different community that you want to share on the radio. Give us a call. Share that experience. Let us know um, how volunteering impacted your life, 970-728-4333. I have to ask, Camille, is there a um, – you said you've been doing this since the 90s, so a couple decades um, – is there a particular memory or experience you've had with Angel Baskets that, that has stuck with you over these decades? Oh, gosh. You know, what I really like is to see how much the community wants to participate. How when we have our headquarters set up to wrap gifts, to give the gifts to the people in need, how the, the parents find it really important for their children to come in and participate to teach their children how important it is to give back and to think about other people you know outside of themselves the situations that other people have so that really touches me when i work in the um in the headquarters and um i i heard i wasn't there to deliver the gifts but at one point there was uh a family living out uh, in the remote regions of San Miguel County and they had a dirt floor and they really needed some wood and some food for their dogs. So there are people who have real needs and for us to make their life a little easier and let them know that someone cares, it's just, it just makes me feel thankful mm. <laughs> makes me th feel thankful that someone cares enough to help people besides their own yeah well how has these years of, of volunteering and and focusing it sounds like a lot of time on 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 giving to others how is that for you enhanced would you say your time in telluride it just makes me appreciate all of us you know how how all of us make a community and the diversity that we have and and to see how much care our community does have in as it's demonstrated in the support of our program and so it just makes me feel good to be in a place where people think about each other and care about each other and go out of their way to help each other mm. Well, as we wrap up this segment, are there any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners about Angel Baskets and opportunities to get involved? No, I just want to thank everybody. Um, you know, in in our world today, I think we need to focus on how much we are all alike. We can focus on our differences. We can always, always find that. But, you know, we can also spin it and turn around turn it around and say how how much are we all alike and 
you know, how is it to walk in the shoes of somebody else and um, to focus on our, uh, the positive things and want to thank the community for their care and their continued support and um, hope to get to visit with you and, and share a little holiday cheer at headquarters. Come in, get a cookie, get some chocolate, come wrap some presents and uh, come, come meet your neighbors. Mm. For anyone interested, what is the best way for them to, to get in touch or to learn more info about Angel Baskets? Yep. Uh, the best way is to visit our beautiful website, telluradeangelbaskets.org. And you can just, you know, click around and see the different programs that we have. There's place to uh, see if you're eligible, how you can participate, and uh, donate if you feel so inclined. Well, Camille Price is the co-director of Angel Baskets. Camille, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing some opportunities for listeners should yeah. they so choose. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for thinking of us. Absolutely. Okay. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to have one more segment with one-to-one mentoring coming on in just a bit for this off the record, all about volunteering, giving back to our community. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is off the record. I can change the world with my own two hands, make it a better place with my own two hands, make it a kinder place with my own two hands, with my can make peace on earth with my own two hands I can clean up the earth with my own two hands I can reach out to you with my own two hands with my own with my own some Jack Johnson to get you in that volunteering spirit. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, this is Matt Hoish from the Kodo News Team. You're listening to Off the Record. Tonight we're having an hour all about volunteering, ways to get involved with the community, give back, feel a part of something maybe even greater than yourself if you so choose. Um, We have been chatting with some of the local organizations in our community offering volunteer opportunities. We had the Telluride Education Foundation on. We had Angel Baskets on. And uh, closing out our hour, we are joined by one-to-one mentoring. We have with us Tara Kelly, Executive Director, and Adrian Christie, Program Manager. Both of you, welcome. Thank you for having us us on this cold November dark night it's only gonna get colder and darker (laughs) (laughs) it's that time of year not many things would get me out on a cold dark november night but 
Coda will. Oh, we're putting that on our fundraising material. <laughs> I, I, I can see it already. <laughs> um, um, for anyone who does not know, starting out really basic here, okay. what is one to one? One to one is a nonprofit that's been around for 24, 25 years and established in 1994. And we are a um, like a big brother, little brother program where we match youths with a caring adult in San Miguel County. And that are mentors, which we all know is an extremely important thing to have in your life. And we feel that especially now with everything going on in the world, it's gotten more important to have mentors and be part of your life and day-to-day life. So um, that's who we are. Um, I've been with the program for eight years and Adrian Christie, who I'm sure everybody that's listening knows, um, <laughs> and uh, Adrian became our program manager in August. And the great thing about Adrian, besides so many, is that she has been a mentor for five years, four or five years. Yes, I was a mentor for five years. My mentee graduated um, in 2020, so um, I was sort of feeling a one-to-one mentorship void. (laughs) Um, And then the position opened up and it felt like um, the perfect fit because I have loved this organization since I first met Tara um, at the farmer's market the first summer that I lived here in um, 2014. So I've always loved one-to-one and I'm happy to be a part of the organization. And it's really, you know, great to have somebody that you could hire that's been a mentor and understands the program as well as Adrian does. Um, so that, that's been a blessing. So uh, it, like we said, it's when you can get somebody that mentors from through all of high school and gets, a, you know, a child through high school is a, is a big deal. Yeah. Well, for all of our other guests, I've been asking what are ways for, for folks to get involved with one-to-one. It seems like the very obvious answer is the way to get involved is, is, is to become a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that entail? Well, you know, I'll, um, it entails once a week, if not, you know, once a week meeting up with somebody that, a child that we get you together and we get you together because you have common interests or common things that's happened in your life. And you meet once a week and do what you like to do. Skiing, skating, talking, walking around Main Street, some homework. Um, and what we do need is mentors and due to the and we always have but we're feeling a bigger need now because of covid and that the youth in our community a lot are suffering and are trying to get back into this life again and they've been so they've stayed home they didn't have school um so we have a big need for mentors and um that's the best way you can volunteer. And I will quote, you know, everybody talks about how busy they are and I've got three jobs and I've got this and I've got that and I don't have time to be a mentor. Well, it's a great quote that Adrian did years ago <laughs> that I always say it is, if you have time to have friends, you have time to be a mentor. And that one is always just, when she said, and she said it on Kodo, we were on Kodo and she came right out. And I was like, that's been my tagline. Um, so we need mentors. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that um, mentoring is really about meaningful connection. And so I think when people consider volunteering, um, the time commitment seems to always be the thing that is sort of holding people up. And, um, you know, we, we ask for that um, an hour or so a week, every week as much as possible, but also with the understanding that we're all busy humans and we have busy lives not just the adults, but the youth in our community are so programmed. They play all different kinds of sports and ski and crafts and art. And there's so many things. So there's a human side to this, um, as far as time commitment goes. And we try to be as flexible with people as we can. Um, and I think it's really ultimately about meaningful connections. So we have mentors that maybe don't meet up with their mentee in person every week, but they're texting, they're on the phone, they'll FaceTime, they're checking in, they're maintaining a relationship over time consistently. And that's really the key and what we wanna see um, from our uh, relationships and our program. Adrian, with you having been a mentor for many, many years, as you said, uh, 
you know, I have to ask, how did that experience impact you? Because as you mentioned, Tara, a lot of other volunteer experiences are wonderful, but also maybe less of a longer term commitment. Adrian, right. you said five years. Um, so what was that experience like for you? And how is, how did that impact you? Um, well, I was obviously very positively impacted by it. Um, I'm, I'm going to cut you off because we're getting a call. And oh, okay. There's a cliffhanger here. So we're going to, we're going to, you, you put your headphones on. Hello, you are live on Kodo. What's your question or comment? You there? Hello? Oh, all right. Maybe not oh, there. We lost them. We lost them. If that was you calling, give us a call back and we will try and get you on the air. But Adrian, I've had a few more seconds to think about <laughs> your answer to that question. Um, sorry, it was your question was like impact of being a mentor, no. right? Um, yeah, I think for me initially and part of my reason for wanting to be a mentor was just that as a younger adult in our community, I didn't I felt disconnected from a huge part of our community, which is families and the school system and all these cool things that kids and the youth get to do. And I really wanted to be connected to that in some way. And so being a mentor was a really interesting way to like learn about what the experience is like to be a youth in our community, which it's unique. It's probably different from the way that most of the adults here grew up. And so I loved that aspect of getting to know what life is like as a kid in Telluride. Um, but then through the longevity of my relationship, I mean, people in my family know who my mentee is. She'd be happy to hear her name on the radio. Shannon is well known in my family as this important person. And they're always kind of like, who is she again? Like, what, what is this person? I'm like, she's my mentee. Um, but anyway, you know, I visited her at college and saw her dorm room. And um, I just think that we're, to a certain extent, we're family now. And um, I think, I hope she feels the same way about me. And so we have, a, I think, a lifelong friendship because of one-to-one. Um, -one. And not every mentorship needs to be that way. And not everyone has been that way. But um, it's a really cool opportunity for people who are looking for, like, deep and meaningful connection which I think we all are. We all are. To a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and, You know, another um, great quote from another great mentor, uh, Hillary Taylor, she was like, "If you once you become a mentor, you will do things that you've never done. They, you know, we, we think as mentors that we're getting our mentees out of their comfort zone, but the mentees are getting the mentors out of their comfort zone by ice skating or, you know, sledding, like, and going to movies you would never go to. And um, so the mentors benefit just as much as the mentees, I think, in growth in this community and things that they didn't know they would do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a win-win it's a situation. Are there any requirements to be a mentor? Um, well, you do have to go through a background track. Um, you know, all those, all those bells and whistles. Um, you know, we would like you to commit to a year because you are getting to know, it takes a while to get to know your, your mentee, like it takes a while to get to know a friend. You just don't all of a sudden meet a friend and then bam, it, you know, you've got to spend time and get to know them and do things together. So we do like you to commit to a year. Um, but other than that, um, just be ready to have, you know, I think a ton of fun and explore Telluride and you know sometimes what we want the most is just somebody that just they can rely on if they meet every Tuesday or let's just go maybe today we're just going to go to BIT and get a hot chocolate and we're just going to sit and chat or maybe this weekend we're going to go skiing or we're going to go hiking or um, you know just t consistent time with somebody that's um, invested in in you is what these children are looking for mm. yeah and I think um, a, an element of that is some people think about being a mentor and think, what do I have to offer to this relationship? What could I possibly give to a youth? Um, and I think that the, the obvious answer to me is that we all have something to bring to the table and bring to a relationship. Um, and for positive youth development, kids need trusted adults mm -hmm. and they need trusted adults outside of their family circle. Um, and so you know, one of the things as I start my new position that I really want to work on is sort of de-stigmatizing um, our program. A lot of people think that it's just for lower income families or, fam or kids that have some sort of specific developmental issue and 
it's really for everyone. Um, we obviously prioritize kids that are in higher need, but I think, um, as I said before, you know, every youth needs someone they can trust. And so tying that back to what's the requirement of the program, you need to be an adult that is gonna be there for another human consistently for at least a year. And it takes a lot of introspection to be able to determine whether or not you can do that. Um, and so we get a lot of mentors that say, I'm interested, I'm interested, and we hear from them over a couple year period. And then finally they say, okay, I have stable housing, I have a good job, I have flexibility, I'm ready to do this. Um, and so, and we love that. And we understand that there are people that are sort of thinking about it and mulling it over over time. And those people are great too. Um, but the commitment is the, is the key element for us. We want stability for the youth, not instability. Mm -hmm. You bled into my next question, which was, I mean, is there a specific kind of kid age range that folks can expect to get if they decide to do this? So it's part of the kind of intake process. Well, school-aged children is our main demographic. Um, so if you are from kindergarten to high, senior in high school, we don't have as many young kids. Um, I think there's, we definitely have a couple young kids, but um, there's more middle school, high school. And I think part of that is just in the development of life. Like people start to have, kids start to have more issues and more needs as they get older and they are developing. Um, but when, when we're talking to mentors as they come into the program, we do ask them, what's your comfort level? What age group would you prefer? Um, and some people really want someone in high school because they want someone who has their own phone that they can communicate with directly and make plans and um, is more mature. And other people are really drawn to younger kids and that's totally fine too. Um, but it's about a very thoughtful match that is appropriate from both sides. Mm. If that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, we have a few minutes left, but I do want to ask both of you, and I'm sure maybe there's more than one, but is there a, a specific experience that you've had in your years involved with one-to-one -one that, that has stuck with you, that is, has, has stayed with you in your life through this work? So the question is, if, by working with one-to-one, -one, do we have something? Yeah, is there an experience you've had doing this work that has stuck with you? You know, um, for me, the eight years I've been doing this is watching a child change and become confident and because they have a mentor and children that are quiet and not outgoing and now because of that relationship they they succeed in school and they so those are um watching a watching a match grow is my biggest accomplishment to watch and makes what i do every day worth it mm. adrian um, I guess I, I have two. Um, one was a couple years ago, I had a friend of mine reach out to me and say, hey, I just saw Shannon on the street and she stopped and said hello and knew my name. And it was so cool that like this person that I know sort of through you, who's a high schooler in our town, decided to stop and say hi to me. And I know that sounds so small, but when you think about a kid in high school and like their confidence level and what they're willing to do and say, and to just basically stop a stranger on the street and say hi and be polite um, was like, it just warmed my heart. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the kind of person that Shannon is, but she necess wasn't necessarily like that when we first matched. And I can't obviously attribute that only to me. Let's be clear. Shannon had lots of other wonderful things going on mm -hmm. in her life. Um, and then I think my other thing is sort of as a new employee, I'm getting to know all the other um, youth in our program. And they're just like, I had meetings with the school with all of them and they're just these incredible, wonderful humans that it's really um, making me feel very excited about this job to get to know more and more of the youth in our, in our community and understand the commitment that they have to like, just even our town and one another. And I don't know, there's a lot of love there and um, I'm excited to be a part of that. Mm. Well, if folks are hearing this and want to get involved or learn more about one-to-one, -one, where's the best place for them to head? To our website, one-to-one uh, mentoring, one-to-one is the best place or just 
Stop us on the street. We're around. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tara Kelly is the executive director of One to One Mentoring, Adrian Christie, the program manager. Uh, both of you, just thanks so much for stopping by oh, and, and chatting. Thank you for having us. This yeah, was thank great. You, Matt. It's Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Listeners, we also spoke with Angel Baskets as well as the Telluride Education Foundation, opportunities to get involved, to volunteer in our community. Um, hope that you spend some time, take some time in the next few months, volunteer, do something, do something for someone else. It's, uh, it's one of those strange things that sometimes it can unexpectedly be the gift uh, that keeps on giving. But anyway, our time is up, and I'm so thankful to all of our guests. I'm so thankful to you listeners for taking some time to tune in to KOTO Telluride. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Stay tuned. We're going to have more music coming up. Rock and Rob is on right up next. We'll have some news tomorrow night. You know the drill. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. I am Matt Hoish. This is KOTO Telluride. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas.